Welcome, everybody, to the Bush and Me Show. While we are a sports show, we will continue to talk about sports as sports begin to open back up. We're going to put that on pause right now to discuss some more pressing issues that are going on in this world. We live in a world that has trained us to prejudge people. We have apps that let us decide if we want to date someone after three seconds of seeing their picture. And we have social media platforms that we dress up to make our lives look better than they are so that we don't get judged. But long before Tinder, Facebook, Instagram, we've been trained to judge people by what they look like instead of who they really are. We made people be slaves. We actually let human beings own other human beings like they were furniture just because they look different. We told people what bathrooms they were allowed to use. We told children they couldn't go to the same schools as other children just because their skin tone was a little darker. Then in the past few weeks, a man who goes out for a jog is gunned down just because the color of his skin made him look like a thief. A man in handcuffs is held to the ground by two other officers while a third kneels on his neck for nearly nine minutes until he dies from not being able to breathe because this col the color of his skin made him seem like a threat. When is enough gonna be enough? When will a person of color not have to worry about their safety when they walk out of the house and whether or not they'll be, able, they'll be allowed to breathe that day? When are we gonna start being judged, not by the color of our skin, but by the content of our character? These are conversations we need to start having. They're not gonna be easy and they're gonna be uncomfortable, but they must be had. Because the only way we can solve this problem is through exposure, through education, through compassion, and through empathy. The exposure is happening right now as we speak with camera phones. The compassion and the empathy will come once we educate through conversation. Bush, we've known each other for 18 years. We've been in plenty of situations where you're the only black person in the room. We've been in bars in South Carolina where you're the only black person in the whole establishment. We've been in several situations where you've had to think about things that have never even crossed my mind. And we've never really talked about it. I mean, we talk almost every day, um, but I've never taken the time to ask you, how are you feeling? And I think that's a great way for people to start these conversations that must be had out there. So let me ask you, with everything going on in the world today, um, how are you feeling? I mean, that was a good intro, but how I'm feeling right now is I'm upset, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm scared, but at the end of the day, I'm hopeful. Colin Kaepernick made the ultimate sacrifice back in 2016. Others joined his peaceful protest of brutality and social injustice by kneeling during NFL games, during the national anthem. Many were frustrated, but many still stood. Although we voiced our opinions and spoke out on these sensitive matters, looking back, I wish we all kneeled. I wish I kneeled. But we didn't for whatever reason or backlash that was to come our way. Many players stated that being blackballed, cut, released or just being expendable in their jobs, in their career or, or their family safety were some of the reasons that they did not kneel. We saw what it did to Kaepernick and Eric Reed and others as well. But let's fast forward right now to May 25th, 2020 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. An officer and three of his peers were dispatched to an establishment and ultimately and unfortunately led to another death of an unarmed black man. But this time he wasn't gunned down like the youngster Tamir Rice in the park for holding a BB gun. He wasn't confronted, fought, and eventually shot like Trayvon Martin. He didn't die like Sandra Bland in police custody after a routine traffic stop. He wasn't shot seven times in his passenger seat while his girlfriend and his daughter was in the back seat like Philando Castillo. He didn't get gunned down for jogging in the wrong neighborhood like Ahmaud Arbery. But he did state, I can't breathe. I can't breathe, just like Eric Gardner in New York who was murdered for allegedly selling loose cigarettes. His name was George Floyd. And his last eight minutes and 46 seconds on this earth were from Officer Derek Chauvin's knee placed on the back of his neck, on George Floyd's neck. 
one knee to the neck while two officers held and pinned this man down while he was already handcuffed with his hands behind his back and another officer that was just standing there. And it saddens me because George Floyd could have been anyone who looks like me. This is part of the reason that black people have to plan when encountering the police. I remember on a couple of different occasions, I get pulled over for a routine traffic stop. Maybe I was going five, 10, 15 miles per hour over the speed limit. And it turns into the officer searching my car, illegally, of course, but I'm not even 18 yet. And I don't want to have, I don't want to, I just want to get home and I don't want to have any issues. Did I know it was wrong? Yes. Was I scared to tell him no? Yes. Because I have no clue how the night goes if I do not comply. I've held numerous conversations over the last couple of days with a couple of friends. And they told me about their instances where they were, where they had guns drawn on them for no real reason at all. That's not life. And those experiences will change you. I'm six foot five. I've been over 300 pounds um, since what, 2002, Meehan. I came into school 285. I broke my foot. Somehow I jumped up 45 pounds. But we'll talk that, that we've already talked about that. And I've always been on the bigger side all my life. And I've had so many encounters of people not being comfortable around me that honestly, I just kind of gotten numb to it. Maybe it's always why I keep a smile on my face. Because if you get to know me, you will know that I come from a place of love and respect, and I always try to give that back. But like I said earlier, I said earlier that I'm hopeful. In the middle of a pandemic where the world is not in our normal state, life has slowed down and it has given the American people time to be aware and notice things that haven't been on some people's radar. George Floyd, unfortunately, is not here, but I'm hopeful that his death it's not going to go down in vain and it's going to spark or kick in or, or be a kick in the ass that the Americans that America needs. So so that we wake up, we understand that America is not great for everyone. But with empathy, knowledge and understanding, we can change the hearts and the minds of the American people that need help. That was beautiful, Bush. Two things that jump out to me. I mean, the first one, you've already said it. Empathetic. <clears throat> yes. And the other one is defensive. There's a lot of people in the majority that um, I've talked to, of course, over the years that have always been defensive. This time around, I'm seeing a lot more people become empathetic. And the people that aren't becoming empathetic, I like to use analogies to kind of help people understand things. So I want to use this one. When my brother passed away, my parents, obviously, when you bury a child, as you would, were going through it. And my aunts and uncles and neighbors and friends would come over and they would, they would be there for my parents. And they would say, I could never understand or fathom what you're going through right now, but I'm here if you need anything. And they were very empathetic. So how come all my friends out there, all the majority out there, when black people for years have been telling us they're in pain and they're dying and they're asking us for help and we're sitting here getting defensive, we're not being empathetic. We're not being the lending ear. We can't say to them, I'm here if you need something. I can't understand what you're going through, but I'm here. How can I help? And we're not seeing that. And that's the thing that's tough about it. That's the thing that's tough about the situation, because in most situations, when something happens to an individual, you're right. You can put yourself in, in, in that person's shoe, uh, shoes. You know, when you did lose your brother, I can feel that pain. When I lost a child, people came to me and, and, and they told me that they could feel that pain. And I get it. And and that's all the black community wants. Like, that's all we wanted. You know, obviously slavery happened, that sucked. And then you go through segregation and then, and then you fight and you protest. And we've been protesting for a very long time because we just want to be seen as equals to white people and everybody else that are here. And that's really our fight. That's our fight. We want you to put yourselves in our shoes. It, it does not make me feel good, me, when I, I open the phone up and I'm scrolling through my social media and you just randomly stumble upon the Maude Arbery deal. Philando Castillo, I remember watching those, just looking at it like numerous times, like, like you gotta be kidding me. Like I, I'll sit here and, and, I, and I'll cry. I'll have tears going down my face because it's like, that could have been me, just like I said earlier. Like, we don't wanna go through these situations. 
right? Like we don't want to be stopped and have my car illegally searched. I can't say no. What's going to happen if I say no? Then it's going to be, it, it can turn into whatever. Now, if maybe if I was a little bit more educated on my rights back then, maybe I could have fought a little harder, but I don't want to be in another situation where tensions are high. So that's really what we're asking for. And honestly, the Black Lives Matter movement, it can't be done with just us because we don't make up enough people. We don't have the people who are in place that can change the laws and, 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 and regulate things and the way that it needs to be done. So we need everybody and everybody's coming together, but we have to, we have to start it at the top. It has to start at the top. We need more leadership coming from the top. And like you talked about just scrolling through social media, I've heard some people mainly in the majority who are like, I can't even get on social media anymore because of everything that's on there. And to me, that's just ignorant because it doesn't stop it from happening. So why just blindfold yourself and hope that it goes away? And that's the empathy part you're talking about. Um, but they, the black community can't solve this. It has to be the white community. The white community has to step up, educate, and they have to stand up and, and make a change because that's how it's going to happen. Greg Popovich even said earlier, I watched the video, he was embarrassed by watching a modern day lynching. And it's, it's got to be white people to stand up. It's got to be white people to make a difference and start the charge. We need everybody. It's all, it's all hands on deck. And as somebody who's, you know, you've been around black people for a lot of your life. Uh, we played sports together um, going back to college, you know. So let me ask you this. Because these are very uncomfortable conversations. And it's, it's unfortunate that it has to be these conversations have to be brought up this way, but this is where we are. And I've had so many more conversations with people I haven't been this deep in a conversation with. So what are you doing as, as, as a white male in the, in the United States today? How are you going to help change the narrative? What are you gonna do on your end to help show people that, hey, these are our brothers, they, are, they need help, like, I need you to be a little bit more empathetic to to their needs and to what's going on. How how like like what are you going to do? I'm glad you asked that because like you I've been holding a lot more of these conversations but it's encouraging to me because it's a lot of the same people, family, friends that over the years have been on the sidelines just watching and they're like, "Oh, can't wait for this to blow over so things can go back right. to normal." Well, that's the problem. Normal is the problem. We need to change normal. And if 2020's taught us anything, is that we need to create new normals moving forward. Yes. And I think holding these conversations is a great start and following through with some tangible change. I don't know what that is yet. It, I mean, it's going to start by voting. Um, maybe it's going to start by protesting, you know, going out and helping people. Maybe it's starting I think, building. I think, I think the more people, I think, the, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but the more that people are educated on how tough the, the, the system can be for some folks. Now I look at myself, I'm very fortunate. I came from two, two great parents who had to fight. They had to fight to get everything that they want. And they raised me in an environment to don't look at people just because of their skin color, you know, look at people through, through, you know, through the lens of love and respect. And, you know, I've always been able to kind of weave through good and bad people. You know, you have good and bad people through everything, but like, I've needed so many people in my life to get me where I am today. It's like, I'm just so thankful. I'm thankful for that. You know, I'm thankful for the way that I was raised in that aspect. Well, it's funny you say the way you're raised because before you cut me off, I was about to talk about <laughs> helping out with community centers because yeah. these, these children out there don't, they don't have the tools that they need. They don't have the support. And I know, a uh, good friend of ours, good friend of the show is Tori Smith, just opened mm -hmm. a community center up in West Baltimore. I think getting people out there to help help create change from the bottom and help these kids get the tools that they need to beat this broken system. Yeah. The other thing I think is just, like you said, educating. The change has to happen with the white community. So we need the white community to start listening. Don't get defensive. Put your guard down. Listen with an open mind, because if you listen and with a closed mind, it's just going to go over your head. If you yeah. listen with an open mind, 
I think that we can create an open heart and that's where the empathy is going to come from. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I wholeheartedly agree. We need all hands on deck, all, all hands on deck. And I, you know, I think that was the one thing we're going to, we're going to, obviously we're going to get into this a little bit later with Drew Brees and his comments, but it was just like, I remember talking probably about three or four days ago and I was talking to uh, to one to one of my family members, and we were just saying, man, we need somebody who you know who's a prominent figure, prominent white male figure, female figure, somebody who has that following, that that you know that has a great reputation to step up, to step up and be a voice and help us, just just help the fight. That's that's all we're looking to do. Like, and it didn't happen, and and you see the backlash that a guy a great individual like Drew Brees has taken because he just was so out of line and out of touch with the situation going on in the world and what the fight was really for. Like my parents told me, sometimes the best things can come from an accident. Um, (laughs) Maybe now, maybe through his mistakes, we're going to get that prominent figure that we need because he already stood up to Trump. And while we're right here, let's just jump into it. Brees made those comments about the flag. He, he didn't, he thought it was disrespectful for anybody to, you know, not honor the flag. So he, as a former he answered, teammate, he answered as a the former question. Teammate. Yeah. As a former teammate and somebody I've played with the guy uh, from 07 to 12. So you're talking six seasons. And then, then I played with him my last year in 2018. So I played seven total seasons uh, protecting Drew. And, but yeah, um, but give give me your initial reactions when you first. We'll get into the the apology later. But your initial reactions when you first heard the comments. I was angry. I was I was just I was angry. I was frustrated. And I was upset. You know, and I think rightfully so because you know he he, he answered the question like someone was asking him in two thousand sixteen and two thousand seventeen. It's different. Like. It was fr- that answer he gave. It was just like the fresh answer, like when everything just just started, and that's what your emotions are. But the world is different now. We are in such a sensitive time, and we needed that. We needed that. We didn't need that kneeling flag narrative. We didn't need it no more. Colin Kaepernick came up from the jump, said it's not about the flag. It's about police brutality and social and racial injustice for African American people. And then the first thing that he says was. Um, I'll never disrespect the flag. So that right there just lit a fire up under everybody's ass. White, black, brown, it didn't even matter because people who were for the cause were very upset with them. And I was very upset with them over for over a day. Um, you know, and it's and it's still frustrating. But I know the man that Drew is. I, I know his heart. I know he's a man of God, and I know he's a a great leader and someone who is extremely focused and extremely smart. So if anybody's going to put their mind to something, to change something, to be an ally, like he said, I believe him. I believe him. Is it easy? No, but we're all human beings. And if you don't have compassion in your heart and you don't give people a second chance or give people some understanding so they can figure out what the issue is really at hand. And that's what's happening right now in New Orleans locker room. I played in that locker room for seven seasons. It was the best locker room I've ever been in because they have tremendous leadership. Now this is a, this is a knock. This is a stain. This is, this is something that's not good for the organization. But the great thing about New Orleans is they have tremendous leadership and they have tremendous African-American leadership as well. Um, now you have Demario Davis, who's very, uh, who's out there in front of the community and it wants to do everything right to help his people and help all people. Honestly, you got Malcolm Jenkins. You saw how he felt right afterwards. And I think some good, yeah, you saw that. So I, I was upset. I, you know, I wasn't, we weren't going to take it there, but like, I understand his frustration because Malcolm has been fighting hard for equality and for the rights of black people. So I get it. Like, I, I get the frustration, you know. Well, then he came out, he did come out with the apology. And when I first saw the apology, I thought, here it comes, you know, the backpedal. We always get all the PR. He's got to do it for that reason. Um, mm-hmm. And I initially thought, 
Drew Brees is going to learn. He's probably going to learn more along this process by the mistake that he made. Now it's going to open his eyes Mm -hmm. than he would have if he just kept quiet. But now seeing how he's stepping up, seeing all that he's – he says he's going to do, but he's actually already in a couple days showing that he's going to do this. He he, uh, wrote Trump. He did a video. Heard he called all the teammates. He has to. He has to. He has to because 70% of the guys in the locker room are African-American, right? Like, so if he doesn't take the steps, then not only is, is, is it going to be hurt his reputation that, you know, the organization is going to be, it's going to suck. Like the whole situation is going to suck. You don't want to come into a work environment where you don't feel like that person that you're fighting for has your back. And that's really what it is. Cause when you're on that field, you're a family off that field, you need to be a family. You can't just put your hands up one, two, three, family is not about that it's about being there on the field sacrifice doing everything you have to so ever so we can all be successful so we can all win but now I need you off the field brother this is where I need you and that's that's what it was like that's what it is the black the african-american black community they just needed that voice to elevate them from a level seven to a level nine and it knock them a step back because it just gives them the same narrative again. But going back to what you said, I don't know about the first apology. The second one I felt better about. And then when you put, because you know, you know how Trump is, and I don't want to get too political on here, but, uh, you know, what he said to Drew Brees on his social, you know, through his social media platform was, it, what he said is it causes division. And he fired back at him, Drew you know, he put the real reasoning out there of what of what the fight is really for. Um, so I can appreciate that. I can appreciate him sending that message to the president uh, like that. So he's making the steps with those guys in that locker room and in the city of New Orleans. Like New Orleans and the community are like this. And if anybody's going to get changed, it's going to be in that locker room and we need that leadership. As somebody who's been there, it's beautifully said. But like, uh, like I told you at the beginning, I thought um, this was going to be a really bad thing. Maybe Drew would learn more from this because mm-hmm. that's a guy, like you said, that's around 70% African-American in that locker room. If this guy doesn't get the message you're putting across, there, you know how many millions of people are missing the message out there? So yeah. I thought it was going to be a learning tool for Drew Brees along the way. But now, hopefully, all these people can follow Brees. And even if we can get 10 people, 20 people, 500 people that day of pain from his comments, what he can do to help the cause going forward could be, be astronomical. So with that said, with that said, we did get a chance to catch up with another former teammate, uh, Jari Evans. So uh, check out what he had to say. Joining us now, six time pro bowler, four time first team, all pro. He's a super bowl champion and Bloomsburg's finest, Jari Evans. Ja, thanks for joining the show. Hey, what's up, fellas? So quick question. Is it is it the Bush and Me show or the Bush and You show? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was actually going for the Bush and Bush show, but he wanted to tag along. So <laughs> the, Bush, the Bush and Bush show. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, you guys been doing a great job, man. I, uh, I've been tuning in, and I'm glad y'all having fun. It looks like, you know, you're really enjoying it. Hey, we're trying Appreciate to, man. That. You know, we're trying to. We've been talking about this since uh, since my time uh, in Chicago with the Bears. So it's kind of cool that we're finally getting this opportunity um, post my career. But you know, yeah. let's let's get into what you have going on. Uh, yeah. Before we kind of before we kind of address the elephant in the room, let's uh, let's get a little background, man. What you've been up to uh, post retirement? You know, with you and the family, especially during this quarantine time. Uh, yeah, just just been back home in, in the Philadelphia area. Um, like you said, spending time with the family, have, have two young boys now and um, two young sons. And my youngest is, uh, he's a month old, he's six weeks old. So um, just really doing that and doing things around the community. I uh, had a, opened a restaurant. Um, so that's kind of difficult in this climate right now as far as the restaurant world. But, you know, we're still just doing takeout and stuff and, and still doing my real estate stuff. I've been doing that since 2007. I'm about to say since you was playing, because I remember yeah. you always had them properties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You know, 
got in that Monopoly game early. So it's early in my career. And, um, you know, I purchased my first property in New Orleans and uh, just took it from there. But uh, just just been just home with the family, doing those things and, um, you know, staying connected. We, we do have a food review uh, segment when we are back to traveling. So we'll have to come check the restaurant out. Yeah. That's yeah, man. Definitely. Up. Then you and I'm gonna need then, and I'm gonna need that homeboy discount too. <laughs> well, listen, well you missed the first year of homeboy discounts. <laughs> you missed the homeboy discounts, but no, uh, you know we uh we got you you know anytime, dog. Open up that checkbook, man. You good? You know you got I got it. you, man. You know, you know you got I got it. you. Man. You done, hey, you done helped me down in a whole bunch of situations, so now nah, we're gonna come through there. No doubt. You know how I do. No doubt. Like he was saying, the elephant in the room. We got to jump right into it. Yeah. Drew Brees, your quarterback, you played with almost your whole career besides your stint in Green Bay and Seattle. Yeah. Uh, made some comments. Tell us how you felt. We'll get into the apology afterwards. But when you initially heard the comments, tell us how, you, how it made you feel. Well, like I told you guys earlier, uh, you know, I got that information about four or five hours late. I took an early nap that day. Um, and I woke up and it was just like, it was like, what the hell is going on? My phone was going off the hook. And I was just like, what? What is this about? It doesn't make sense to me. And um, so just after, like, educating myself on what just happened over the last couple of hours, I just, I, it was a disbelief. I couldn't believe it, you know. And um, everybody was hurt by it. Obviously, you saw the emotions from teammates and players and things of that nature. And also just, you know, peers around the league. Um, and it was, uh, it was upsetting. It was very upsetting. Uh, I didn't really understand why he's, he, you know, took that route with it and, and brought up something that we thought we were past already, you know, something that we knew what this whole thing was about and it wasn't about that. And, uh, and I just voiced my opinion to him, you know, I went right to him, you know, and just the first thing I text him is just, uh, I hope everything's okay. Um, I love you, you know, stay safe. And then a couple more hours passed and then I, you know, really hit him up and we got into a dialogue. Yeah, that was, uh, and and you and I were in communication and you told me, you asked me if I reached out to him and I had, I didn't at the time, but right. you were right though, because to me, I was like, I want to give him a little space because his world is probably a little, little messed up right now. You know, there's a lot of things that's going on. So you told me to do that. And I did, I reached out to him and I got a little, <clears throat> I got a response back from him, an apology back from him. And I told him I appreciated it. But then I was talking to me earlier, uh, earlier in the show, and just to, uh, we know Drew, we know his, the, the guy he is, we know his heart, we know his leadership. And if, if he says he's going to put his mind to something, he's going to do it, I look forward to him doing it. And I, and I believe from this, he will become a bigger voice for the real issue at hand. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree. Drew's a, Drew's a great man. Uh, you know, if, if he never said this or if that video never, if he never did that interview and said those things, nobody would question the, all the great things that he's done up until that video came out. And right. it's very hard to do the right thing all the time. Nobody gets it right all the time. We've all made mistakes. We've all said things that we didn't mean. And, um, and it's just... You know, it's hard to get it right all the time. And he made a mistake and he realized that. First thing he said to me was, you know, I messed up. I messed up. And I co hardly believe that he, he knows he messed up. And we mess up sometimes. We know that as athletes. We don't get it always right. But he's he's the person that has every record in the NFL. He's got just yeah. about everything yeah. right. And yeah. it's like, you know, how you, how you mess up on this, Drew? You know? Right, so, right, right. It's just this, like, this, this is when we needed you, like – we we needed that voice, yeah. like we needed that voice to kind of push the message forward. Right. And instead of pushing us up a couple notches, it knocked us back. Maybe yeah. not. He just but amplified I, the wrong message. He amplified the wrong message, and you see it. He allowed the message to get hijacked and diverted from what the true message was about. And right. and and that's what everybody has to understand is we just have to listen to what the true message is about. But the crazy thing about it. The world is so crazy, you just got to watch it now. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, right. you can listen. You can listen and go in one, one, in one ear and out the other, but now you're seeing it. So, and it's something we've been seeing for a long time. For a long time. And I, 
And I think that's, we're in this pandemic for a reason, right? Because yeah. now everybody sees it. When, you know, there's yeah. a lot of people who can't go to work. There's a lot of people right. who've been in the house. Now this message and or, or the incidents have been pushed in your face and you can't do anything About but it. speak up. Yeah. Now, if you don't see what's going on, you're just naive. You know, right. you're naive and you're ignorant. And the thing about it, right. there's a lot of naive and ignorant people in this world. And there's tons of people that that are still going to look at it how they look at it, no matter what. But you can't deny facts, man. Facts are facts for a reason. People try to use numbers and statistics to push their objectives and their agendas to change the facts. But a fact mm -hmm. is a fact. If it's a duck, it's a duck. Like, you know what I mean? So, right. Like we talked about earlier in our show, <clears throat> for uh, Drew to make that mistake and then come out and make that apology, I thought, you know what? I think Drew's going to learn more by making that mistake along yeah. this process. But for him to be with, you know, 70, 85% African-American in that locker room, yeah. for him to miss the message, mm -hmm. how many other people out there are missing the message? Right. So for him, for him to show people, you know, he didn't really get it, and now he can be that voice that you know maybe we've been looking for in this movement i think so many other people are going to learn from this even if it's 10 people 20 people a million people I, it, in the right direction you know you're you're exactly right but i think that you know i think he got what the message was i think he got that the message was about police brutality because you could not not get the message people were saying it so many times right. but i just think he just couldn't take a step back about the action and his personal feelings towards the action because of what it meant to him and right. think about the police brutality and how people are being taken from their family. You know, how kids are seeing this, how the youth is seeing this, mm -hmm. you know, how, are, you know, it's just so much violence, whether it's in our music, whether it's in coming from at the top from our leadership, there's so much violence and words that are being spread around in this world that, you know, you, you have to have compassion and understand that it's bigger than what you are feeling because this is the bottom line. We all love football. We all say, oh, the locker room, the locker room, the locker room. But yeah. everybody mm -hmm. in the NFL high school locker room was not my high school locker room. Everybody in the NFL college locker room was not my college locker room. And that's the same thing for you, Bush. Your, your high school and your college locker room are different from a lot of the teammates that you have played with. So, yes, mm -hmm. we all do get the team concept to – you know, create, you know, to accomplish the goal, accomplish the mission, but we all don't come from the same locker room, the same mindset, the same upbringing, the same things that we've seen that shaped our, you know, daily life and beliefs and stuff. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's just a shame that as, as a country and as, as humanity, we can't team up just like we like sports and like to watch sports teams and like to watch, right. we can't team up against racism and hate and just, you know, the greater good for all. But, um, but, you know, something good is going to come of it, and people are going to be who they are regardless, right? They're going to be who they are, right. and that's just what they're going to be. But let's just not turn the blind eye to the facts. I hear that. Uh, now, let's you said people are going to be who they are. In 2016, the NFL, Kaepernick took the knee, okay? The NFL wasn't really on the side of what he was doing, all, all, you know, to the point where he got blackballed and didn't get any other opportunities. But now the NFL is taking a new stance. Yeah. Just just give me, like, what are your thoughts? Because, like, what are your thoughts? It's like, okay, this man kneeled for, uh, for uh, from 2016 to the end of his career, and people are still kneeling. And now they're yeah. speaking up. And now now they're against it. Now they're okay with, uh, with, with, with protests. Now, I mean, Give me something. Give me something. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I'm just, I, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. It's like, hey, this man peacefully protested for years and you still got guys who are doing it. Right. And now you're on the side of it. Right. I don't know what kind of message that sends. Well, you, who's who's sending the message, right? Right. You say Goodell sending the message. No, he's not. The owners are sending the message through Goodell. So what you have to, what you have to realize is what do the owners have in, in, in common? They got that bread, I was man. Do it. I was got that dollar, man. And and you know, and they showed you exactly what it's about because what did they? What's 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 what the first thing they do? They took the national anthem right off of TV. So it's they knew what it was about from the beginning. This is not you got to understand. They saw things 
before they saw so many things before we saw them because they're older than us. They've been through this before. Like they've been yeah. through all this stuff back in the day. So you can't tell me that they do not know. And, and that's where people have to realize, you know, what is it really about? And they showed you what it's about. Now the issue with it today is you can't, they can't deny that the league is changing. These young guns ain't playing. They not yeah. having that. They not having that. You got your league MVP. You know, in uh, Mahomes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they not having that. These young yeah. guns is not having it. You can't sit here and just sweep stuff under the rug anymore. People yeah. are smarter. People are educating themselves. People are reading. People, More people are getting degrees. So you can't, you can't just sweep it under the rug, and they're not going to have it. And, and if they think they're going to, you know, be able to put out a tweet or put out this, shoot, these, these, these kids know how to use that – you know, those devices now. You ain't yeah. gonna be no they, one of those they, devices. Listen, they know that. They know that, man. Yeah. So, you know, it's just it's just a shame it had to we had to get here for like, it to yeah, we got here the way that we did. Yeah. It's the same thing with, with nine. It's the same thing. It's unfortunate yeah. that he has to go through this, but it's always a learning lesson in it. We're gonna right. educate ourselves and we're gonna be better from this, I promise. And, and almost, big, yeah, go ahead, me. I was going to say, you'd almost argue that the league stance didn't change, the world around it changed, and they needed Ooh. to adapt. To <laughs> You're exactly right. <laughs> and also, <laughs> also, don't sleep on the league MVP, Lamar Jackson, be more, baby. Come on. Yeah, hey. Those dudes are real. Those dudes is real. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, Super Bowl yeah, MVP. Come on, man. Oh, Super Bowl right. Hey, Damn, I apologize. Listen. I was rooting for Baltimore all season. <laughs> I was I was ready for you know Ravens Saints Super Bowl. You could tell you could oh, tell all man. the homies we was you know we was ready to do that. We and, was ready, uh, ready. Damn, I feel bad. I hated on Lamar like that, but listen, I come on, I baby. To, I'll be less when you can be more. I know. I talked to Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to Mark a lot, man. Mark is Mark is great. I talked to him a yeah. lot, man. I got a, my homeboy Jamil McClain. He won a Super Bowl with them, and he's from the city. He's he's going to tear me up about that. But, you know, <laughs> listen, Lamar is a beast. And Thank like, you. like Thank you said, man, it, these young guns is not playing. They're not having it. And, you know, they they know that they're the future of the league and they know they better get on. They, they got to they gotta get involved because I'm going to tell you this right now. And I said this the other day. The owners, the owners can't call the inner city. They can't call these communities. You know, they can only get to these communities through their players because the players got the phone numbers. So they got to understand and listen to what the players are saying. Just like they want to push that play 60 in the neighborhoods. You got to understand and listen to what the players are saying, to what they're feeling and not just the players, to what their families are feeling, to what their, you know, their friends are feeling because we got friends that couldn't make it to the level that we made it to. You know what I'm saying? But they follow us our whole career. They look at us. The first thing my, first thing my friends are saying to me is one of, one of my friends, you know, their, uh, their young son is like, you're like, don't we like him? Like, you, you know, what, what did Drew do? Like, that's our guy. Don't we like him? So you got to understand how these these kids are viewing things too now because they're just getting so much thrown at them. Well, it's funny you should say that. <clears throat> Good segue into our next question. A lot of people are struggling with how to communicate um, what's going on in the world right now to their children. Yeah. You have two young kids of your own. <laughs> this conversation. Bush, you can jump in after that. You got some older kids. But how do you guys plan on handling, communicating what's going on in the world right now to your children? And what's some advice you can give to people out there that are struggling through that? I have no advice because I don't have to have those conversations yet. And, I, right. and you know, that's what I discussed with Drew, too. And, and you know, I, I feel for the, for the families that have to have that conversation because that's something that I don't have to get right right now. And, you know, they have to get it right. So I I don't know. But, you know, what I have done is I try to, you know, I spoke to to numerous schools. You know, I I talk to the youth. I reach out to them. You know, Bushrod has been to my camps that I've had for over a decade here in the city. Free, Free football camp. Free football camp. You know, fly the players in, put them up. Free football camp for the youth. And I let the players give their you know, their stories, their opinions, and, 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 and teach the youth and, and be able to uplift, you know, 
uplift them and, and with the uh, athletes in, in front of them. So, th you know, that's how I have done th things over the year. But as far as explaining this to the children, that's not something I have to, you know, go through right now. Yeah. See, my, in my, uh, my oldest just turned eight. I have a daughter who's six and uh, another one of my little Another one of my little children, she's not of age yet, but they are to the age where they start to under, understand things. And, um, you know, my wife and my kids, so there was a small pro, there was a protest um, outside of my, not outside of my house, but outside of my neighborhood a couple of days ago. And my kids with my wife uh, came out to see us on the walk back. And they were like, Daddy, why are you out here? And why are all these people yelling? And I tried to tell them that, you know, we're, we're trying to, we want, a, we want a better world, right? We want change for you guys. Well, what's the reasoning? Well, people that look like daddy have been mistreated for a very long time. So I try to put it in ways that they can understand. But another good way is a lot of these programs, uh, there's a lot of things that kids can watch. You can sit down and watch it with my kids. I watched one earlier, actually uh, a few hours ago with my kids on CNN and Sesame Street where they had kids asking questions and adults answering answering them and the Sesame Street characters answering them as well to put them down, to put, you know, the message in in, in terms that kids, you know, that they can understand. Um, right. I have my kids reading books, you know, showing my daughter and my sons, you know, proud black uh, people who've made a change in this world. And, and I wanted to make sure that they know, I try to put it in a way that a six and an eight year old can understand, but I don't want them to grow up in the world scared of people. I try to tell them there's a difference between good and bad people. You have to be able to um, kind of weed through that a little bit because there's going to be some people that look like you that or look like me or look like your mother and um, that aren't very nice to you. And there's going to be some people that are uh, that are that are great to you. So you have yeah. to understand how to how to maneuver through all of that. But the older they get show them the examples of, of how we got here, give them a little history, you know, making sure that they have the books and the education on Rosa Parks and Jackie Robinson and MLK and, and making sure that um, we're putting these positive examples in front of their face. So that I've been doing that for a couple of years, especially on the book level because they're starting to read. So they start to see people that look like them who are also very successful in this world because, you know, it's more, it's a lot more history than just, you know, the white side of history. There's a lot of prominent black people and it's been a struggle. So I think they need to kind of understand. No, I completely agree with you. And, uh, you know, black books or black characters in books are important and, mm -hmm. and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's just now in 2020, we have more of those books of color to you know use to teach you know mm -hmm. and um and that's a great thing and that's a great yeah. thing so yeah i mean yeah I, I have a you know a lot of black books too doing the same thing and mm -hmm. uh just them seeing is is teaching it and i think people the one thing people are you know we have people all the time what do they do they say the earth is flat you know what i mean they, neg they neglect science you know global warming like somebody mm -hmm. got to argue it because i said I said, uh, I, I put a picture out of, of, of the globe from NASA or something. They was like, it's not a globe, it's flat. Why would you call it globe or something? They try to, you know, twist it up to say <laughs> some flat, flat earth, you know, earther stuff. And I'm just like, listen, your opinion is your opinion, but you can't deny the facts. And, uh, and, and, and people have neglected science for years, man, you know, and, um, yeah. and you know, science is science. And. And we just have to continue just to learn. And like you said, a lot of people don't know history. Uh, a lot of, I've, I've come across people that have never even heard of Nelson Mandela. And I'm like, how mm -hmm. have you not know who Nelson Mandela is? You know what I'm wow. saying? So it's, people are very ignorant <clears throat> and uh, it's a shame. Yeah. So like we said, um, like we, like we said earlier, uh, in order to make a change, first we need to educate. In order to educate, we need to listen with an open mind which will lead to an open heart and through that we'll get empathy. So yep. as well said, Jerry. Yeah, I agree. What do you, uh, what do you think the next steps are though for there to be real change in this world? Like, um, it's funny, what are you going to, yeah. That's funny you guys, you asked that cause I got a question for you guys. That's kind of mm -hmm. tied in similar, right? Mm -hmm. 
You know, every time we get somebody on here, they always try to ask us a question. And even part of the media. <laughs> Listen, man, it's the it's the Bush and Me show, man. I told you. It's all about perspective. Perspective. No, but I just want to get you guys' take on this because it, it's a lot of things that's that's happening in in the world of football right now. You know, you got coaches yeah. coming out saying stuff, and you got you know you got Jake Fromm. You know what I'm saying? Who I think is never going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think mm-hmm. – I don't even know if he's going to last past this preseason. But I don't think he'll ever be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's a lot of stuff going on in, in, in the league that, that we've played in. So, I, I just want to know, like, what's your take on Fromm? Because, <laughs> like, he's – nobody elite is going to block for him. Nobody elite is going to catch a ball for him. So you, 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 when you, you put that out in the atmosphere, you didn't think it was going to come back to you. That's what it was. But now, see, right. the thing is, though, we, we know your heart and we know what you put out there, right? right? We know what you put out there. So all he's doing is making his job that much tougher. But he's another one of the people that needs to educate himself and understand why we are in a place that we are right now, right? It's because of that kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. Just because your skin is different, just because your skin is white, you're not better than us. Like, we are all individuals. We're all human beings at the end of the day. You feel me? Yeah. When I worked in, when I worked in Wall Street, we used to have a uh, – You worked on Wall Street? Yeah, thanks. Sorry, really? shout out to Wall Street. Really? <laughs> <laughs> when I worked in Wall Street, we had a, uh, a code kind of thing. When you send an email out, it was called the Wall Street Journal Test. If this email ends up on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, would you be okay with it? <laughs> Mm. so mm-hmm. it's kind of like Fromm's thing but if you had that mindset all the time right. maybe we could change how people actually think and you could take yeah. away that that privilege that he has when he sent that yeah. text message he didn't think anybody else was going to see this so he thought he was in a safe zone and maybe that's how he really felt and like, but yeah yo, you're right the crazy thing about it is how many other <laughs> right college students are, are smashing their phones with sledgehammers since, since that came <laughs> right, out. And, right, and, and right. coach and coaches, you know, and, and even yeah. at the even in the pros, you know what Coach, I'm saying? Yeah, I mean that's that probably comes from I mean that probably listen, man, like let's call well, it. Look what at it Clemson. Is, like, look at Clemson, like what happened with that? They're trying to sweep that under the rug. I'll let you go look well, at that. Obviously up, they're man. doing a pretty damn good at sweeping it under the rug because <laughs> I don't hear much about it. Hey your boy Dabo, call your boy Dabo. I might have to damn what he done, what he, what what has he done? It wasn't Dabo, but that'll be for another show. You can check that okay. out. That'll be some material for another show. <laughs> or if you want, or if you got another device next to you, you can Google it real quick. But right. but th- like the, that's the answer to your question right there. You know what I'm right. saying? It's the fact that those type of people still, uh, you know, they still have that mindset. They that still have that mind. And who you think is teaching them that? And where are they learning that from? And that's that's the issue. Start at home. It starts that's at home. It starts that's at home. And that's like, how I, we I don't know. It. I know I, I'm pretty – you might have seen that uh, it was like a four-minute clip I posted on my Instagram. It was a young lady, a young white lady, and probably she's probably in high school, and she was going back and forth with her parents. And her parents had some mean, distasteful stuff to say about the African-American community. And it's like she grew up in that. Yeah. You know, it's like how unfair – how unfair of a life are you living if your parents paint a negative picture about a group of people? If my parents would have did that about white people, I probably would not be where I am today because I wouldn't have been open to their help, learning. Because, you know, I've had people who've helped me get to where I am, right? So, like, if I had a mindset where I just seen Meehan and was like, I don't trust him, I don't like him, then, like, I can't grow. Like, how, how, how can... How can he help me? How can I help him? Like I, that's that has to be one of the more frustrating parts, is that all this stuff it starts it starts at the crib, it starts at home. It's what your parents is teaching you, right? I, I'm so fortunate for my parents because you know I, I looked at everybody kind of through the same lens. You either respect me and love me for who I am, and if you don't, if I if I feel like there's any static or you're judging me or you think you're better than me. I just cut you off because it's your loss because you don't get the, you don't get the opportunity to know who I am to know me so I'm kind of like I'm just I'm cool on after that it don't take much you know 
But I, I think as far as changing the world, continuing to keep doing those camps that you're doing. I'm going to keep doing the, doing the stuff that I'm doing as well. And and now with everything coming out, I feel like it's time to do more. So, Ja, I'm going to be leaning on you a little bit more in the future because you are uh, an African-American man who's done everything you've wanted to do. And now you're in the next phase of your life. And I think, you know, we, we all have a message. And I think this will help us get it all out there, you know. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Um, you know, I wasn't really for social media. <laughs> you guys, yeah, you know that push yeah, yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. playing. You know, I was just kind of yeah. really slow to it. You know, I was MySpace, Black Planet, it did Facebook. You showing your age, yeah? You showing your age. Showing your age. No show. You know, I was a little, little, that little Tito played it too a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you, you know how it was. You, you remember, because Facebook, you used to have to have a, a college email to even yeah. be on Facebook. Yeah. So, you know, that even that platform has even changed. But um, but now the world is just so much smaller through the devices. And but, you know, what we have to realize is, is that these feelings that we are seeing out of some people, they have been in their in their family for generations. Absolutely. You know, oh, and, and it's just some some of them can't get it. They can't get it out of their heart. And hopefully they'll see. But. Sometimes you know what it takes to get it out your heart is when somebody in your family comes home with that brown baby. And now you have mm -hmm. to look at it at the eyes, of, you know, look through it at the, is those, with those eyes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes like that because, you know, more and more is, is, you see it happening in the world. And, um, but yeah, you, you know, the world could be a great, I mean, America could be a great place. You know, the world doesn't like that. The world doesn't like that. And I, one thing I do is encourage people to travel and, and see. Yeah. Cause you'll see how you know great people are you know and um it's a shame that right now we're going through this because of you know america this, this is america is really showing who they are right now mm -hmm. some people in america some people because there's some a lot people. of good people out here doing great things absolutely and that's real that's real me, you got anything else for John? Man, he came to, he came through and just uh, dropped some knowledge and some dropped some, some serious uh, knowledge. Yeah, some experience, but like you points, like you said, travel, culture yourself, and you get cultured through experience. So right. yeah, man. So we what appreciate you, guys, you coming on. Yeah, man. I was gonna say, what you guys think? Since I, I got a couple questions, you guys, since you guys been talking sports and stuff. Oh, okay, okay. How do you how do you guys think it's going to play out? Like with you know. The, the COVID-19, we all don't know what's going on, but you got some some leagues coming back, basketball, yeah. stink, you know, trying to gear back up. Because right now, America needs sports, right? You know, we're yeah. what, what, what's the live sport that we're watching right now? It's kind of ironic. U, UFC, yeah. <laughs> UFC, it just UFC. came back. But also yeah. we're watching, I think it's like Korean baseball is all right. <laughs> that was <laughs> on this, yeah. And it's like, you know, we're down playing baseball here in America and baseball is, you know, is, is the only really sport that we're actually watching other than combat sports and the UFC, which I think they're doing a great job in, in, in how they're able to uh, bring that back. But what's your thought, what's your guys thoughts on the league, man? How do you think it's going to shake out or, and basketball and sports coming back, you know, back in the world? I mean, you got it. Only thing I'm worried about is injuries. So we're going to jump back into this, right? Full play. I guess there's going to be a little time to tune up, but we're going to find out who's been working out and who's been, <laughs> who's been eating, right? I hope, Joel, I hope Joel and B's been working out. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing them tired. Yeah. I can't wait for the sports to come back. I just, I, I hope, you know, maybe there's no depreciation in the value of the game because people haven't right. been working out. And, and I hope that nobody gets injured. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, true that. That's that's a, that's a good point. I mean, I know guys like LeBron. They've been chomping to get back at it. They definitely were just like, "Hey, we're not we are not canceling <laughs> this season because you know they got a pretty good opportunity." I mean, yeah. do you think the level of play is going to decrease though? Like, you know, with with the new setup and probably no fans. Like, especially if football. Like, if football has no fans, I feel a level of the. I feel like the play is just not going to be as exciting because you know ja you know like there is there is nothing like right. that 10 minutes before the game starts and you just you, you run out that tunnel and you're like 
Let's go. Yeah. Like, let's go. You just look at the crowd and you're like, let's get it. Like, and, and you focus. And then, especially if you're playing away, it's like you versus the world. Right. You don't have that. It just, it just feels like, uh, it just feels like an inner squad scrimmage. You know, the Saints and the Texans down in, uh, <laughs> down in Metairie, and we gave you fights in one on one. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about that the other day, and I was like, you know. I don't know if anybody has felt being on the bottom of a lot of weight, but like <laughs> I was like literally, I was on the bottom of a of a whole wow. like a brawl, two teams. Yeah. And yeah. I had to do like a static push-up to keep my chest from going into the ground, basically. I woke up my shoulder right. pads was bent. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, oh, yeah. I think I think I think coach was like, John, keep your ass took laps or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he was just trotting around no, the field. Actually, or, you know. actually, no, he did that to uh, – remember, that happened to uh, – that happened to Carl. Doing. No, that happened to Carl. Oh, it was Carl. It happened was to Carl. Carl. <laughs> I, got into, I got into a fight because the D lineman or one on one. He was – like, he just – he went straight for my face mask. And it was, it was like, what? Are you just, you're not even – he did it the first rep. And then the second rep, he went now, straight now for you my just face mask again. Me. I'm like, yo. So Now you just disrespecting me. I had to I – had Getting bloody real quick, you know. What I, mean? I will say this though. I will say this: when sports come back, we're gonna have the NBA playoffs yes. simultaneously with the NFL season and hopefully yep. the college season. They said the NBA games are gonna start at noon and go all day long, so it's gonna be like the NCAA tournament. So we've been deprived for it'll probably be like four, four and a half months. But when it comes back, it sounds like it's gonna sports. be full sports. Sports. Yeah, sports. I think, sports, sports, sports. I think baseball too, man. I hope they can get it together. I know that they're a little bit different on the pace situation, but because we, you know, we got a good team here in Philly. So I, I, like you said, we can have a lot of sports being played at the same time. And it's going to be very interesting with the fans. I think the biggest thing in football is you don't, you won't have those, um, uh, those kind of like those momentum swings, you know, because the fans right. are, are, the crowd, yeah. are really a part of the momentum swings, you know, they play Especially such a place like the, in, like the dome. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they play, play I mean, such a big role in the momentum swings. Yeah. I mean, playing in the Superdome, I mean, you know how many games that uh, we, we, you know, on paper, we might be evenly matched, you know, but like we just have that edge because as soon as their offense gets that ball, it's pandemonium. And yeah. I just feel like, you know, in Seattle, like, you know, Seattle yeah, away, Seattle away is not a threatening team to me, but if you play them home, yeah. If you play them at home, you know it. It can be a little bit of a nightmare if you get down by a couple touchdowns. I don't it's care different. who they got rushing the pass. So and that's John, probably, John, probably loudest. John, place never, you never yeah. miss a chance to give Philly a shout out. You, Bryce Harper, and the <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm telling you, hey, you know, I still, I'm still upset I wasn't able to make it to that parade, man. I was. But, you know, I got some memorabilia. I had my guys send me some stuff up. But, yeah, we, we got a good team. I mean, the Flyers were doing very well before all this happened, too. I don't know. Do you follow, do you follow the Eagles? I do follow the Eagles. I got, I got friends on the team. I do follow the Eagles. Um, Carson Wentz. Give me, give me your thoughts on Carson Wentz. Car, okay, play this. Simple. Carson Wentz is, 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 a, um, is a franchise QB. Nick Foles was a pro. Is he, is, he, is he the franchise QB to, get to, to take them to the next level? Yes, he's a franchise QB. Any franchise QB is the franchise QB. I mean, that's 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 what franchise QB means. It means any franchise would love to have a QB like you. So yes, can he can he elevate to do that? Yes. Now he also needs players around him. Last year they lost a lot of their skill players, and we know how that feels because we we lost a lot too. But the, before we got everybody healthy and was able to go on our run. But he has all. He has the talent. He can make all the throws. He has to protect. To protect him. Protect himself. Protect himself now. He has to win games with his arms and not with his legs. And he he mm -hmm. knows that. And he has to protect himself because, you know, he has had injuries. And people are they know like you know we could, you know, we get him out. They're not going to be as good. But he sure. he 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 can get them to do some damage for sure. And. Uh, and uh, so I do follow them. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends in, in, the, in the sports media up this way. So, uh, so yeah. <clears throat> do you think it's ironic? Do you think it's ironic that the guy they drafted, last name is Hertz, when, when Carson can't stay healthy? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yo, that's so funny. I'm just going to leave that right there for you. Stop, man. Uh, <laughs> 
I like the pick, though. I really do. Of course. I, I like of course. I'm a fan of the pick. I'm a fan of the I like the pick, man. Yeah. Hey, yeah. When, 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 sports, when, sto- when sports come back up, man, can Bush and me get you on the show every couple weeks, man, just to get uh, – just to get the heartbeat going in Philly, man. What's what's going on with Philly sports? <laughs> because look, you're already on them. You're talking 76, you're talking Flyers, you're talking Phillies, you hey. just finished talking Eagles. I, I we need it. We're gonna get all of it. We're gonna get all Philly of it style. At once. So I need, I need, I need y'all's two-week Philly recap. Can we get you yeah. on camera? Uh, and we're gonna start having picks. We like to give picks to the audience. We gotta get your input. Anytime, man. Anytime. Uh, yeah, I, I watch the sports here heavily because, you know, I'm a Sixers sweet holder. I've been the last two seasons. Um, oh, you're a sweet holder. Awesome. <laughs> Good to know. I'll be, uh, I'll be up there. Traded by, traded by, traded by Nola Sweet for, you know, Sixers Um uh, So I, I do a lot of stuff in the community with the youth and a lot of sports teams and organizations. You know, at the Sixers games, they come to, they have been coming to the games the last two years. So, yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, anytime, man, anytime for sure. I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you. you. This was, this was a great talk. Me, you got anything else? I think we're great. John, we appreciate you coming I just want to say, I just want to say one thing. I just want to say one thing. You know, you use your guys' platform to say one thing. It just, you know, you, you made me think of this, me, when you said, uh, hurts. <laughs> Why didn't draft hurts? Yeah. Um, you know, and I like the pick because, he fits kind of the Eagles QB style for a while, you know, McNabb, you know, yeah. Jaws, uh, um, Cunningham, like Vic. And I just like how he. And the reigning NFL MVP who is. Oh, uh, Lamar Jackson. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to say. Hurts ain't no Lamar Jackson. Don't I know. Thank you. But, <laughs> but uh, that, that, that guy is, is solid, very solid, especially on the ground. And 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 I uh, hope he's going to continue to keep doing this thing. But um, and I'm not saying that to say they're going. Hurts is going to be competing. I'm just saying that was a real Eagles cool QB pick because I think you know Doug Peterson. He's he knows Eagles football and he knows that that's kind of some quarterbacks that, that they have. That's had the kind of guy. Had. Yeah, <laughs> but I, another thing, I'm just the way that he just, you know, he overcame adversity with the Alabama thing, and still. I think that was one of the best. That that was one of the best stories I've ever seen in sports. Yes. Like, because yes. anybody could have, you know, your mental could have not been right. He could have just been shut down. But he was like, I'm going to use this adversity to fuel his fire. So that's why I was a big fan of the pick, and that's why I was a big fan of him just overall in college because. He didn't waver, and that's the kind of guy. That's the kind of leader that you that you would want on a team. That's the kind of guy that you know guys want to play with. So I feel you. Yeah, there. you're right. You're right. And and uh, and he went his his team at Oklahoma was completely different concept than the team in Alabama, and he showed you that he could he, he can, can thrive adapt. in that concept too, and he can adapt. And yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I was just going to say this, like. You know, we everybody's hurting right now, especially New Orleans. You got people in New Orleans saying "F Drew Brees." We never thought that we would hear those words, but yeah. I want like, like Drew Brees is the type of man with all the records and and all the stuff that he has done. That that you know, over the last couple of years, he has you know changed so many things at the quarterback position. You got you know, arguably the best quarterback in the league holds all the. He's breaking his own records. He's coming off the field for Taysom Hill to take snaps. You don't understand that how significant that is. There's no, I'm not sure if there's any quarterback, you know, in history to do, to take a back seat to do that. Um, right. And I played with Taysom in Green Bay, and he was, you know, Green Bay is still upset that they let Taysom go. Right, <laughs> you know? right. And then they probably, you know, so I mean, they're not upset because they got Aaron Rodgers. Don't get me wrong, like Aaron Rodgers is the man, but <laughs> they see they, you know, Taysom is as much as he does from blocking punts to listen, Taysom done change fantasy football now. He had like, oh, and I was never a fantasy football player. It's like my second year, third year playing it, but he had seven touchdowns or something last year. Like he changed fantasy football. So I just want to say that like, you know, that's the type of person that Drew is. And that's the type of person that, that, um, you know, he didn't show, but I, you know, he's going to continue to show because he showed it over and over again. I, I totally me, agree. Me, me made me think about that when you, when you with the hurts, such <laughs> the hurts QB. <laughs> <laughs> All 
That's awesome. We're going to have to have you come on all this sports knowledge, all this fantasy football knowledge. Now we're going to have an insider in Philly. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. But, John, yeah, I might appreciate have, you. I might have said a few people. You know, I might have said a few defensive guys, but it's all. Hey, we, we, hey we're, not here to, we're not here to make everybody happy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm buddy. trying to tell you. Answer your text messages because I'm gonna be hitting you up. When you <laughs> that, man. We need we need the heartbeat hey. of Philly. Jari Evans in here. Holla at me, man. Holla at me. Thanks, brother. Yeah, thanks for stopping by. Hope you guys appreciate it. No doubt, man. Peace. That was a great segment with Jari Evans. I hope you guys out there learned something, especially in this very sensitive time in the world that we are in. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Bush and Me Show. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow along, subscribe. We got one more message here from me. There's two things I want to leave you guys with to think about. Everybody out there, hope you learned something. Thanks for listening. Um, first thing is privilege. Because I've heard from a lot of my friends, you know, I'm not privileged. I'm not this. Privilege might not be what you mean, what it thinks you mean. White privilege, I heard this the other day and I wanted to share it with you guys. White privilege doesn't mean your life hasn't been hard because everybody's life is hard, right? It just means that this, the color of your skin hasn't contributed to the difficulties in your life. Mm. When I heard that the other day, it resonated with me because, you know, when you hear privilege, people get defensive. And I yes. think this puts it better in clarity and lets people understand where people are coming from. And the other thing I want to leave you with is this. Everyone's talking about how 2020 has been the worst year ever. Let's cancel 2020. You know, we lost Kobe. We had COVID. And now you have everything that's going on with social injustice. But I read this the other day, and I want to leave you guys with this. What if 2020 isn't canceled? What if 2020 is the year we've been waiting for? A year so uncomfortable, so painful, so scary, so raw that it finally forces us to grow. A year that screams so loud, finally awakening us from our ignorant slumber. A year we finally accept the need for change, declare change, work for change, become the change. A year we finally band together instead of pushing each other further apart. 2020 isn't canceled, but rather the most important year we've ever had. Unite. We thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys learned something. Have that uncomfortable conversation and teach somebody something out there. Thank you guys. <laughs>